Good afternoon from the belly of an Italian-made Augusta helicopter levitating above the Alazani Valley in eastern Georgia, headed for the high mountain village of Shenaco. The helicopter ride is really not more than 15 minutes of real climbing after you cross the valley, but man, what a 15 minutes. Below you, an endless carpet of evergreen, above a series of ridge lines that as you crest them always reveal a farther peak, higher, craggier, colder in the unending distance. The length of that ascent, 15 minutes, is something of a starting point for the next life of this podcast, The Trip. As you know, lockdowns are basically over, and I'm back on the road again, more kinetic than ever, and as we start to build a new travel project at Roads and Kingdoms, so I am going to make a new kind of show. It will be stories and thoughts and portraits from the road every Monday, always 15 minutes or less. I will miss those long, boozy sit-down interviews that we did in the past few years, and those deeply psychedelic episodes we did at the beginning with Bourdain. But some of all that DNA will still be in here. And as before, all proceeds from this show go to the unstoppable organizers at the Let Us Breathe Fund back home in New York. The trip has raised thousands for them so far, so keep on listening, keep shopping those advertisers, and if you've got thoughts about the new format, good or bad, send a message or leave a review. I have spent the past few months traveling on planes and trains and the occasional helicopter, filling up notebooks for this next chapter of the show. Thank you, as always, for coming along for the ride. Now, back to that helicopter for a story about Shamil, the Lion of Tusheti. I've made this helicopter trip before, from the wine valleys of Kaheti all the way up to Shanako and Tusheti in the mountains. It is a ride that sort of bends time and place, a short ride that takes you back centuries somehow to a half-mythical dell filled with hard-drinking shepherds and slate houses that slump against each other in the shadow of a stone chapel. So much of travel for me is about going back to an earlier memory, not recreating it maybe with any kind of fidelity, and sometimes not doing anything more than glancing off of it or using it as a reference point. But still, I'm always reaching back to the past somehow when I travel, even if it's a bit absurd. But that's kind of the curse of being a sentimental bastard. Even in an empty train car, the seats around me are always filled with the ghosts of the living and of the dead. People who might have wronged me, maybe did me right, thoughts of great benders past, or old mentors or partners. Solo travel? I don't even think that's possible for me. My mind is so crammed full of this rangy Greek chorus that I don't think I'll ever walk alone again. And by the way, to all of you in my life who are still among the living, try not to flip to the afterlife too soon. I mean, you're present enough in my thoughts as it is, but if you die, it turns into some weird Jedi shit. Little floating avatars in my peripheral vision when I least expect it. And the volume just goes way up in my head. Take Bourdain, for example. He was, in my daily life at least, pretty well contained while he was alive. I barely thought about him at all in between calls or projects or drinks or whatever we might have had together. 
But Jesus, the second that man packs off for La Gloria, he is all of a sudden everywhere. I started seeing him out of the corner of my eye on the F train, or I'd hear his voice overdubbing some internal dialogue I was trying to have with myself. It was a mess. It still is sometimes. And same with all these grandparents and my uncle, what friends I've lost. I mean, I love them all, but they're all out here floating around giving me fortune cookie advice like trust your feelings and meanwhile I'm just wishing that I was one of those people, maybe you're one of them, who just instinctively knows to cut ties and always looks ahead and never behind and who would certainly never travel just to reach back to some half-remembered past memory escorted by a menagerie of yammering spirits. But that's who I am. So, of course, as I'm on this helicopter ride, I'm thinking not just about the ride I'm on, or the perfect ten cha-cha we were drinking out of a flask, or about the companions on the helicopter, the queen of Georgian cuisine, Tecuna Gachichiladze, or her partner Bluey, or Matt Gouldinger, Sam Euclid, the photographer, or the two pilots who would later sit at our boozy lunch on top of the mountain wearing Ray-Bans and turning down wine and looking for all the world like a couple of cops that accidentally got invited to the party. No, I'm not thinking about them or the evergreen forests or those bony ridges or anything at all. I'm thinking about Shamil, who wasn't even in the helicopter with us, but who had flown me up here on this same route to the same village over 10 years before. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I first came to Georgia after the 2008 war, and in all my visits since then, back to Georgia or to the breakaway province of Abkhazia, I'm always very much in the moment. It's hard not to be. I mean, the wine flows strong, the food is fresh and abundant and spiced for maximum intrigue, as you might expect it on the Silk Road way station between Russia and Persia and the Ottoman Empire. But always, somewhere just out of view, are those wars. Not just the old wars of empire, but the battles with Putin's Russia, and particularly the civil wars of the 90s. Devastating, pointless, disastrous wars that still affect life here in unspoken ways. So when I think of Shamil Kordashidze as a helicopter pilot, I think of the way that he flies, which is something like a mixture of machismo and mastery with a little touch of nihilism. And I think maybe that came from the war. Or maybe it's just part of being from Tusheti, one of the wildest places I know, a mountain home of bareback horse riders and punishing winter storms and plunging cliffs. Shamil is one of three brothers from a Dagestani father who came from the Russian region just across these mountains when he was a kid. The brothers all grew up in Tusheti. They were all three destined to be pilots, all destined to fight in the wars. The pilot part I understand, Helicopters are still the only reasonable way to come down off these mountains. From Shinako, you can either take a short helicopter ride down to the lowlands, or you can drive for five hours on death-daring cliffside switchbacks that have cost more lives than anything else here. Shamil is the best of all these pilots. 
He was the former President Mikhail Saakashvili's personal pilot, which is how I met him, while I was on assignments for time as he flew the President and me in sweeping banking arcs from one end of the country to the other. So that explains the flying. But the wars, those are the needless things. And I'll cut straight to the worst part, which is that of these three brothers, only two made it back from Abkhazia, and the lost brother was lost in the worst way, missing in action. Which, you don't have to imagine the mixture of grief and hope that that seeds, because I'll explain it this way. Almost 20 years after the war, a rumor reached the family in the mountains that their brother was still alive way off in Abkhazia, working somehow as a day laborer, not knowing who he was. It couldn't be true, of course, but there was enough hope that the family enlisted some Dagestanis who, as Russian citizens, can still enter Abkhazia to investigate. The rumors inevitably were wrong. The brother was not there. And so here we are still. Shamil, the greatest pilot in the Caucasus, flying with an edge, with what I can only imagine is an even more melancholic, deeper sense of loss than even I travel with. I'm a civilian of sorts now. I don't work for time anymore. I don't get to just fly with some country's president or their favorite pilot the way I used to. For the trip this summer, we contracted with a highly professional westernized company, modern aircraft flying under perfect conditions. But part of me missed flying with Shamil, who had taken us up in a Soviet-made transport helicopter, I think it was an MI-17 or 26, one with targeting sights for an attachable heavy gun, one that rumbled and shook and shivered as it flew. And he flew in ways that you are just not supposed to in a helicopter, through heavy clouds, grazing snow-topped peaks into the teeth of the Caucasus, a mountain range so sylvan, so savage, that in Greek mythology it's where Prometheus was chained by the gods so that eagles could peck out his liver every day for eternity. And when Shamil flew us to Shinako before, to this same house, the one that belongs to my friends Daniel and Nina, he didn't land, not really. Instead, Shamil perched. This lumbering battle-axe of a helicopter alighted, as I recall, on a single sloping rock, and we the passengers tumbled, crouching, almost disbelieving, out of the hold. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I have thought about that flight in particular many times over the years. It seemed like one of the most dangerous things I had ever done, but for him it was just another day of work. For all his renown, though, I was sure he must have died at some point. I mean, he flew like he wanted to. So I did not quite expect what happened this summer in the mountains. Outside of Daniel's house, as Takuna was at the table brushing hinkali dumplings with a frond of sage she had dipped in butter, getting us ready for lunch in the sunshine, an old familiar sound came ricocheting across the mountain valley. Through the saddle of a far pass, white in the noonlight, flying just a few meters off the ground, came Shamil. 
he dipped out of sight, then popped up again, flying incredibly fast and unbelievably close, and then he banked hard, tight against our stone house, 45 degrees to the earth, his rotors seeming to clip the grass as he buzzed our hill. He looped around and repeated the trick once more as we astounded out loud in a few languages, and then he climbed and flew out of sight. He was invisible the whole time behind the glass of the helicopter, and yet he perfectly expressed himself. What spectacular disregard he seems to have for his own life and what tremendous skill he possesses. Shamil had heard that a group was here in his mountains, so he had come to give an air show. And what joy for me, whose fate is to travel for and with ghosts, to see Shamil in the mountains flying still. The Trip from Roads and Kingdoms is written by me, Nathan Thornburg. Theme music by Dan the Automator, show artwork by Adele Rodriguez, production by Alexa Van Sickle. Matt Goulding and I are executive producers. All proceeds from the show go to North Star's Let Us Breathe Fund, a black-led civil rights initiative in my beautiful, troubled New York City. You can find out more or donate at northstarfund.org. A special thanks to Joanna Morelli for her insights and to Tecuna, Nina, and Daniel for being my keys to the mountain. Shout out especially to my oldest friends in Georgia, Paul Rimple, Justina Melnikevich, and Nestor Nijaradze. You can find the show on Instagram at The Trip Podcast, where I'll be posting some photos from these mountains, and at Roads and Kingdoms. We'll be back next week with another travel story in 15 minutes or less. We will meet you there.